No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Lord shows Ezekiel that the elders of Israel have set up idols in their hearts. God will bring four punishments against the persistently unfaithful in the land. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Ezekiel chapter 14 on Simply the Bible. Do you know that God is the judge of all the earth and he sees into every person's heart? There are those who profess to believe in him, but in fact, their hearts are far from him. But God rewards people according to what is in their hearts. We see this illustrated in Ezekiel chapter 14. Now, some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat before me, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts and put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I myself be inquired of at all by them? Ezekiel was living in his home in Babylon. Evidently, the elders came to visit him. Perhaps they were seeking a word from the Lord in what would happen to Jerusalem or when they would be able to return to their homeland. But God revealed to Ezekiel that, in fact, they had set up idols in their hearts. Whereas idolatry was overt in Judah, it was hidden in Babylon. But they were idolatrous just the same. They were pretending to be interested in God when in fact their affections were for other gods. They regarded sin in their hearts. They set things before them that caused them to stumble into sin. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 66, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. And David wrote in Psalm 101, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. What do you suppose idolatry looks like today? Relatively few people in America probably have little statues in their living rooms that they bow down to. But people are setting up idols in their hearts, whether it's money or sex or power or education or any other master passion, a person's idol is what captures his or her heart more than God. The Lord asks Ezekiel, when they are doing these things, should I let myself be inquired of them? They were playing the hypocrite. Therefore, speak to them and say to them, thus says the Lord God, every one of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to the prophet I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols, that I may seize the house of Israel by their heart, because they are all estranged from me by their idols. The Lord would answer them according to the multitude of their idols. What does that mean? Probably that since they were insincerely seeking him, he would not give them a sincere answer. In other words, he would allow them to be deceived. Why would he do this? Ultimately, so that they could come to see the consequences of their unfaithfulness. God wanted to seize them by their heart, but he knew that he couldn't as long as they were playing the harlot with their other gods. 
Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, repent, turn away from your idols and turn your faces away from all your abominations. For anyone of the house of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel, who separates himself from me and sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to a prophet to inquire of him concerning me, I, the Lord, will answer him by myself. I will set my face against that man and make him a sign and a proverb, and I will cut him off from the midst of my people. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. This is God's only message for his people who set up idols in their hearts or who put things before their eyes that cause them to stumble. Repent and turn away from your idols. It is interesting that judgment first begins in the house of God. If we would see revival, and I do believe that's our only hope, then it is going to be by the Lord's people who are called by his name, who must humble themselves, turn from their sins, and pray with sincere hearts. The Lord then expanded his word to apply to the strangers who were dwelling in Israel. If they would separate themselves from the Lord by their idols, but then hypocritically inquire of the Lord through a prophet, then God would answer them with judgments. He would set his face against them. The Lord would cut them off from his people and then make a terrible example of them. And if the prophet is induced to speak anything, I, the Lord, have induced that prophet and I will stretch out my hand against him and destroy him from among my people Israel and they shall bear their iniquity. The punishment of the prophet shall be the same as the punishment of the one who inquired that the house of Israel may no longer stray from me nor be profaned any more with all their transgressions, but that they may be my people and I may be their God, says the Lord God. Now, the idea here is that a true prophet would discern that a person supposedly seeking the Lord was, in fact, a hypocrite. Jesus discerned this when the Pharisees asked him questions to test him the true prophet would not answer such a person according to their hypocrisy. But if a false prophet did answer, then it would be because God was allowing it. We have an illustration of this in 1 Kings 22, when God sent a lying spirit into the mouths of Ahab's prophets to draw him out to war with the Syrians and to his death. God would then punish both the false prophets who spoke lies, and those who inquired of them. God would do all these things so that the house of Israel would be done with their idols and their false prophets and would no longer stray from the Lord. Then they would be his people and he would be their God. Now, while the exiles did return from Babylonian captivity and do away with their overt idolatry, the complete fulfillment of this prophecy will not occur until the kingdom age. The word of the Lord came again to me saying, Son of man, when a land sins against me by persistent unfaithfulness, I will stretch out my hand against it. I will cut off its supply of bread, send famine on it, and cut off man and beast from it. Even if these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, 
were in it. They would deliver only themselves by their righteousness, says the Lord God. So God is now speaking of those who are persistently unfaithful. You know, the Lord is patient, but we can test his patience. And this is what they had done in Jerusalem and Judah. And so now God said, look, I am going to bring famine on such a people that have been persistently unfaithful. And even if Noah, Daniel, and Job, these three righteous men of the Old Testament, even if they were there, they would only be able to save themselves. In other words, there's not going to be any intercession that's going to turn me away at this point. If I cause wild beasts to pass through the land and they empty it and make it so desolate that no man may pass through because of the beasts, even though these three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither sons nor daughters, only they would be delivered and the land would be desolate. So the next form of judgment God would bring would be to bring wild beasts into the land. And by the way, God lists four sources of judgment here and they were all mentioned in Leviticus if the people disobeyed God. So if God brought these wild beasts and they began to hurt and even kill the people, then even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, they could only save themselves. They couldn't even save their own children. Or if I bring a sword on that land and say, sword, go through the land and I cut off man and beast from it, even though these three men were in it as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither sons nor daughters, but only they themselves would be delivered. Again, now God would bring the third judgment, which would be the sword. And of course, this would be the sword of the Babylonians. But we think about Lot when he was in the city of Sodom and he was able to deliver his wife and two daughters. They were able to at least get out of the city. Of course, his wife turned around and was turned to a pillar of salt. But the point was, is that there's not going to be anybody that's going to be able to even save their family. That's how severe God's judgment was going to be upon Jerusalem. Or if I send a pestilence into that land and pour out my fury on it in blood and cut off from it man and beast, even though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it as I live, says the Lord God, they would deliver neither son nor daughter. They would deliver only themselves by their righteousness. And so here would be the fourth form of judgment, pestilence. So you have those four things that God was going to bring. For thus says the Lord God, how much more it shall be when I send my four severe judgments on Jerusalem, the sword and famine and wild beasts and pestilence or plague to cut off man and beast from it. Yet behold, there shall be left in it a remnant who will come out to you and you will see their ways and their doings. Then you will be comforted concerning the disaster that I have brought upon Jerusalem, all that I have brought upon it, and they will comfort you when you see their ways and their doings, and you shall know that I have done nothing without cause that I have done in it, says the Lord God. So there were the false prophets that were saying that God was not going to destroy Jerusalem, and the Babylonian captives were like thinking like, well, what's happening with that? And then... God said, look, when you see these people that come out, they're going to be so wicked 
this remnant that, that survives the sword and the other three uh, judgments, they're going to be so evil in their works that you're going to understand when you see them uh, why I have done this. And you will know that I have done everything by a just cause. You know, God is patient. He's merciful. He's gracious. But when he bears his arm in judgment, you can be sure that it is just. And there will be nobody on Judgment Day that will be able to say, oh God, why did you do this? You're not fair. Listen, God is more than fair. But when his day of judgment comes, it doesn't even matter who you are. Even these righteous people, Noah and Daniel and Job, would only be able to save themselves. And God does not have grandchildren. Nobody can can get into God because their relative was a pastor or whatever. Every single person will stand before God, and God searches our hearts, and that's why we must make sure that our hearts are right before the Lord. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence, and we do need you, Father, to search our hearts and show us if there's any evil way in us, if there's any idols that we have set up in our hearts. Lord, we ask that you'd cleanse us, cleanse our hearts, and Renew our hearts, Lord. Help us humble ourselves and help us seek you. Father, we need revival in our land. Let it begin with us. Let it begin in your church. And may your people turn from their sins and seek you with all of their hearts and fall in love with Jesus once again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at office at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord compares Jerusalem to the wood of a vine. It is only fit to be burned in the fire. He also speaks of finding Israel as a babe in the land of Canaan. When she grew up, he entered into a marriage covenant with her. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Ezekiel on Simply the Bible.